Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Amen. Can we lift our hands to Jesus and come into an agreement this morning? for an anointing of the Holy Ghost that will set our life on curse. Oh, Father, we come into agreement this morning. We thank you because we are agreeing that there will be an anointing in this meeting. That there will be a visible, tangible manifestation of the grace of God. That in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, burdens will be removed, yokes will be destroyed, and that there will be a manifestation of signs, of wonders, and of miracles in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, because I'm anointed to teach. And I thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together, our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. Receive all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Can I get a better amen? Can I get a better amen? Praise God. Let's have a seat. It's such a joy to be with you today to share God's word. I want to honor the leadership of this house, Apostle Joshua and his lovely family. Let's appreciate the apostle. Amen. Thank you so much. We can do better than that. Glory to God. Amen. Uh, I believe that uh, God is doing a mighty work in this ministry. And God is doing a mighty work through his servants in the nations of the earth, and I'm so glad that we're, we're becoming uh, a family, we're becoming, uh, we're just coming into a new level of relationship. There are some churches you go and you minister, and you just know that, well, I'm here as a guest preacher, and I just deliver what God has put in my heart for them, and then you're asking God, where's the next assignment? You know, but there are some places you go minister, and you just know this is home, this is like... This is it. This is it, right? And there's that connection in the spirit, and I'm, I'm so glad about that. And I want to appreciate my uncle, Apostle Israel. Let's give him a hand. It's been two weeks of uh, ministering together and all that. I, I want to find out something. Do you, do you pay for clapping in Uganda? Do you? I know, I know people get taxed here for using the internet. Do you get taxed for clapping? Okay, can I see everybody just clap? Can I see everybody clap? Okay, so we know people whose hands are not working, so if we need to start by healing them, then we pray for them. We shouldn't have sick people around in church. Amen. So clapping is free. Is, is your amen free also, or do you get to pay for it? Is amen free here? You pay for it? Okay. You can hardly clap, and you can hardly say amen. I wonder if you'll be able to give an offering. Praise God. You know what, you know what amen means? Amen says, let it be so. We're coming into agreement. Amen. You know, if we want the anointing of God in our midst, it's not one man doing the show. It's everybody participating, coming together and agreeing that we will have a free flow of the Spirit of God. Amen. All right. This morning, I'd like to look at faith to subdue kingdoms. Faith to subdue kingdoms. Let's start from Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, therefore, 
we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, past tense. We must give the more earnest heed or we must pay attention to the things that we have heard. Lest we drift away. Now, the King James Version says, at any time we should let them sleep. Now, sometimes we want to hear very deep things. And we forget the things we have heard. And I usually tell my church this, that you can't say, I have been brushing my teeth in the last 30 years. I just want to take two months break. Or I've been having my bath for, for, for 26 years. I just take one, 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 one year off, not bathing. Because it's basic. No. If we're going to allow you to sit in church every week, you just want to make sure that your teeth is brushed every day. Which means that maturity does not mean that we are grow the basics. Maturity means that we are consistent with the basics. And so Paul says that if we are not paying attention to certain things we have heard, we're going to allow them drift. Now, the word sleep there in the Greek actually means to leak. To leak out. And you see, when, when you have a bowl full of water and there's a little hole in it, no matter how tiny that hole is, if you give it a matter of time, that bowl is going to be empty. It's the same thing with your spiritual life and the basics of the word of God. If, you know, I, was, I was sharing with, with uh, my uncle Apostle Israel the other day. I said, I, I've, I've, I've seen guys who are so deep. They have got these deep mysteries, deep mysteries, deep mysteries. But they can hardly believe God for something. Like they are so deep, they can't even believe God anymore. They can't trust God for finances. They can't trust God to get the sick healed. You know some people are so deep right now, they can't believe God for their own healing. That's not depth. That's drowning. We don't outgrow the basics. Faith is not a movement. I'll repeat it again. Faith is not a movement. It is the basics of the Christian race. If you don't know how to use your faith, the devil will whip you. And so if we want to talk about faith to subdue the kingdoms, or how do we take territories without faith? Now Paul also says that to write the same thing to you over and over again is not tedious, but to you it is safety. It is your safety. Philippians 3.1 he says, finally, my brethren, to rejoice in the Lord, for me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. That means in Christianity, reputation is safety. I'll say that again. In Christianity, reputation is safety. You know, we have to teach people again to walk in love. We have to teach people again to trust God. You cannot outgrow those messages. It's on that platform God can begin to use you to change and to reach the nations. So we must pay attention to certain things we have heard before. So for some of you, this message will come as a reminder of what you have heard before. And that's good. Because for you, it is safe. 
There are certain messages I preach in my local church every year. Right? You know, when I started pastoring, I used to come up with new messages every, every Sunday. It made me look like a hard-working pastor until I stumbled on this truth. And I asked myself certain questions. Am I trying to impress the church or am I trying to get them to learn something? I know you can't learn something. You can't learn a new stuff every week, every week, every week. And in 52 weeks, you learn like 52 new, new things. So right now, I'm most likely stay on the subject for three Sundays. Line up on line. Preset up on preset. Because someone said, well, I've heard that message before. You haven't heard it until it starts working in your life. Someone said, well, I have the message of faith. No, you don't have faith until you start putting your faith to work. Conviction is bettered by reputation. I said convictions are bettered by what? By reputation. Glory to God. So we're looking at faith to subdue kingdoms. Now in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, we talked about that when we started. Uh, it's a very foundational scripture for me. I love Genesis 1.28. I just love it. <laughs> then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. He uses the word subdue. He uses the word subdue. And I said that that word is not a casual word. It's a strong word. It's a military word. For you to subdue something, you have to be intentional upon it. You cannot stumble upon it. You cannot subdue things by chance. You cannot subdue things by luck. You see, one of the things we need to do in the Christian faith is to become intentional in taking things over. One of the things we need to learn to do in our life is to become intentional to see things work in the area of our life. You know, many years ago, I realized that people used to share the testimony of favor. And, and I couldn't find favor at work in my life. I, I, I couldn't find it. <laughs> you know, I always tell people this. In Christ, you are complete. If you're rich in Christ, at least on the earth, be able to pay your rent. That means we must learn to transfer who we are in the realm of the spirit into physical manifestation. You know what I did? I took a year and got a hold of the scriptures on favor. Maybe like 20, 30 scriptures on favor. And I meditated on them morning, afternoon, evening. Morning, afternoon, evening. Amen. I can't tell you right now how much favor is on my life. <laughs> Being on this trip alone is the favor of God. I also know many preachers from around the world that he could travel with. And then he sends me a mail last year. I want you to go to Kenya and Uganda with me. That's the favor of God. Are you following what I'm saying? But I had to be intentional. I'm not seeing this at work in my life. And I want to be intentional about that. What am I trying to say? If we are to subdue territories, if we are to subdue a nation, if we are to subdue an aspect of our life that is giving us issues, we have to be intentional about it. It will not just happen. Christ has paid the price for us to enforce the victory. Christ had paid the price for us to do what? To enforce the victory. How many of you remember the woman that was bent over when Jesus went to preach in the synagogue? And that woman interests me. You know why she interests me? The Bible says the woman was bent over and can hardly work, but she was in church. Most of us are straight and we can't find ourselves in church. I'll say that again. The Bible says the woman was bent over, but she was in the synagogue. It must have been very inconvenient for that woman to be in church. But you know what Jesus said? 
He said, this daughter of Abraham, you ought to be loosed. Now, let's, let's look at that statement briefly. He says, this daughter of Abraham, you ought to be loosed. Meaning that you are not supposed to be bound. But you are bound. Is somebody following me? That means there are certain things in your life right now that you ought to be free from but are still holding you in captivity. You need to be deliberate about it and say this is where the devil stops this right here and I'm, he's not having a few day in my house anymore. That means what has been purchased for us legally must be enforced practically. Hallelujah. If healing has been purchased for you, then you need to stay healed. Hallelujah. Can you say loud amen? So the word subdue in the Hebrew there is kabash. The word subdue is kabash. It means to tread down. To tread down. Now, if, if I have the idea of treading down, it means that something is rising up. You cannot tread down what's not rising up. To tread down. To conquer. To subjugate. So bring into bondage. I like that. It means when God say subdue the earth, he say, it means don't allow the earth has a free course. You bring it into bondage to the will of God. Oh, come on now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It means you bring it into subjection. That's what it means to subdue. When a man is subdued, he is brought under bondage. He's not allowed to run free course. You know, for some of us, the devil is running free course in our life, but we have to put him where he belongs. Glory to God. One day, uh, my wife had a little health challenge, just fever or something, and then she was getting better, and uh, my son picked it up. He was getting better, and then my daughter picked it up. I said, I know who is next in line now. We're only four in this house. And I took everybody, I took everybody in the palace in the name of Jesus. It stops here and all of you are getting old. Man, we all got healed. Well, I got healed <laughs> even before it got, came on me. Because, you know, after a while we can create an expectation of the devil passing sickness around our house. You know, my husband got it. It's me this week. It's the children next week. And then we're just passing the baton around. And we feel it's normal. That's not normal. That's from the pit of hell. What is normal is everybody staying in health. What is normal is everybody having long life. Are you following what I'm saying? We should stop entertaining the devil playing, playing on us. Even in our finances. Lack is not normal. When God created Adam, he didn't put him in the desert. He put him in the garden. When he was taking them to the wilderness, the wilderness was not their final destination. It was a transit point. Don't build permanent structures in temporary places. The wilderness is temporary. Don't lay a foundation there. Canaan is your destination. The land flowing with milk and honey. That's where God is taking you. It doesn't matter if you're in the wilderness right now. You're only going through it. And even if you're going through it, you're going to partake of angels' food. That means in the wilderness, we have access to supernatural provisions. Can somebody say amen? Glory to God. To subdue means to bring it a bondage. To keep under. To keep under. Never allowing it to rise its head up. God wants us to keep sending things under <laughs> to bring it to subjection. In Psalm 47 verse 3, another Hebrew word is used for subdue. 
Go with me to Psalm chapter 47 and verse 3. Another word is used for subdue there. But look at this. Psalm 47 verse 3. He says, He will subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. Talking about God doing this. But the word subdue there is interesting. Because now it had to do with people. It didn't use the word bondage or subjugate or conquer, which is kabash. It uses the word dabar. It means to arrange, to appoint, to teach. Now what he's trying to say is that he is going to make sure that these people are aligned to our way of thinking. He's going to appoint them to us like our disciples. I, I, are you following what I'm saying now? Because when the Lord subdued the people under us, it's not like they're going to become our slaves, but God is going to bring them to begin to see things from the way we see things, and we will be able to change their mindset. It's like when the Roman government takes the ecclesia and sends it into a territory, what does he do? He appoints that territory to a governor and ensures that the language of the Roman Empire, the culture of the Roman Empire is infused into the people. In that way, those people have been appointed unto him. And he says he will put the nations on their feet. You know, when God speaks to us, he speaks of the nations. He speaks of the nations. It's very instructive that God gives a very large assignment to people who don't feel like it. But some of you who have gone through the five-foot school, that's the way you should see yourself. God didn't take you through this process just for the little corner of your village. God could have used you there without training. If the Lord trains you, it means that he wants to open some mega doors for you. If the Lord trains you, it means he wants to open some mega influence for you. He told, he told Gideon, he said, you are a mighty man of valor. Go and rescue Israel. <laughs> when Saul was looking for the lost donkeys, he says, you're looking for donkey, but actually what you're really looking for is your real purpose. You were born a king. You know, a king can be looking for donkeys until the Lord intervenes. Some of you who have been in the fivefold ministry, you've been looking for smaller assignments until the Lord intervenes and brings you into training and releases an anointing upon your life and then gives you a stronger responsibility. When God speaks, he speaks nations. He talks nations. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I wonder how God gives words. He said to Abraham, I will make your name great. Ah. God, I, I like the way God talks. He say, a small one will become a mighty nation. Wow. <laughs> he says, I'll give you wisdom like no other king on the earth has. Ooh. I like the way God talks. He told Abraham, he says, look up. He says, count the stars. He says, your seed shall be as the firmament of the heavens and as the sand of the seashore. You know, God talks to you in a way that your mind cannot comprehend it. It has to be your spirit. You, you see, God speaks to you and whatever God tells you, never look like where you are. You know why? Because God does not take permission from your present circumstance to talk to you about your future. That's how God will be talking to you in your one room and telling you you'll preach around the world. 
And you're like, God, I don't even have transport to get to Entebbe. You know, God talks to you about going, you know, God started talking to me about going to the nations when I've never seen an airport. You know, when God says, you go to the nations, he's like, God, just allow me to see the airport first. It's okay. You know, where your highest dream, you've been seeing planes flying all over in the village and waving at the planes, hoping they see you. And that's, that's your, that's your reality. And your highest dream is, let me just enter one of these planes. I don't even care if it's going to the nation. Let me just enter the plane, let it taxi. And I'll be fulfilled. And God says, no, you're going to go to the nations. For some of you this morning, God is putting dreams in your heart that looks incredible. But if you put the power of faith to work, you will stand in the reality of your dream. God looks at Joseph and says, the 11 stars are going to bow down to you. His father says, do you mean I'll bow down to you? Like, what was that? It doesn't happen. This is not, this is not how culture flows. But you know what God was talking to him about? You know, God wasn't talking to him about anything. He was talking to him about him being the Lord of Egypt. I like that title. He says, now God has made me the Lord of Egypt. Wow. Let's think on that. And you know why it's a miracle? Because he became the Lord of Egypt without a permanent resident card. Because you don't give prisoners resident permits. The guy had no work. Well, he probably had a work permit that was revoked when he was working with Potiphar's wife. Now the guy had no work permit, had no resident permit, hadn't filled immigration papers. He came into the country as a slave. But God says, this is the president. This is the governor. This is the one who is going to be in charge of the resource. Man, I tell you, God can do incredible things in your life. Oh, glory to God. We receive that in the name of Jesus. He says he will put the nations under our feet. Let's think the way God thinks. You know, some of us are just thinking jobs, marriage, homes, children, and God is saying nations. You know, I say I like the way God talks. You know the way he talked to Abraham? And I'll tell you this now. Never fight over anything in your life. Don't fight. The only fight you're permitted to fight is the fight of faith. Any other fight is waste of energy. Because in the blessing, he says, I'll bless those who bless you. And I'll curse those who curse you. It's an automatic response to your reaction. It's automatic. It's in the blessing. How you react to me determines how God reacts to you. I don't even have to say a word. I was born that way. You know, some people bother. Oh, some people don't like me. I, I don't know why they don't like me. I'm like, are you serious? Why will they not like you? I don't go somewhere and I expect people not to like me. I don't expect hatred. If you don't like me, there's something wrong with you. And I can't help you. Like, why would you not like me? I don't expect people to hate me. Why? Because it surrounds me with favor like a shield. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor, I hope you like me. Can you say, say, I hope you like me. It's for your own good. Sad. That's for your own good. And God is so amazing that he always gives us tables in the presence of our enemies. But the problem with the church is they are focused on the, on the enemies instead of focusing on the table. There's a big feast ahead of you. Take your eyes off the enemies. Just keep eating. You know, God doesn't have to kill anybody for you to be blessed. 
if, if that's the kind of God you serve, is a small God, you need to change gods. Our God can bless you in spite of Pharaoh. He can cause you to cross the Red Sea even when Pharaoh is after you. God is such an incredible God that in the midst of your enemies, he can set a table before you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He will put the nations on their faith. I like the way God deals with issues. When, when, when Lot and Abraham had that issue, Abraham, Abraham was so confident of the blessing. Oh, I pray that we have such audacity of faith. He looked at the king of Sodom. He looked and says, I won't take anything from you lest you say you have made Abraham rich. He said, I've lifted my hands to God. The man was turning down an opportunity to get rich in the natural because he didn't want any man to take the glory. But in today's church, we will testify. Do you know what? The king gave me stuff. Man, the king gave me stuff. <laughs> and then, Lord was to, the Bible says, Lord lifted up his eyes and saw the plains of Sodom before God destroyed it. And he went. I like the way God speaks. He says, after Lot had left Abraham, God said to him, lift up your eyes. He says, all the land that you see, I'll give unto you, including the one Lot went into. That's how God talks. God didn't say, well, Abraham, you know, I've managed to increase you people like this, the way Lot has gone, let's just manage here. We'll no, no, no. God says, even where he's going, it, if you can see it, I'll give you Lot and the land. We don't need to fight over stuff. If we can see that the nations are under our feet, God will give it to us. God is elevating your sight this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Isaiah chapter 45. Verse 1. Isaiah 45. Thank you Lord Jesus. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Isaiah chapter 45. God is going to do incredible things in our life. I'm so excited about it. Hallelujah. Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held. What is this anointing? This anointing is a grace for a specific assignment. Most of us sitting here today, there is the grace of God on our life for a specific assignment. We are anointed for a specific purpose. Some of us in the fivefold ministry and some of us to, in the marketplace. The day I realized this, that's when I started praying, Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. <laughs> you realize that Jesus always said that? That the anointing of the Lord is upon me to do something. So the anointing is not just for us to fall down. The anointing is for us to do something. Praise God. Is, 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 is the grace of God on our lives for a specific assignment. It says, to subdue nations before him. Whoa. He says, I've upheld the hand of Cyrus. I want you to see something now. Because in subduing the nations, it has to be a collaboration between God and man. Because we're not subduing the nations for our own selfish end. We are subduing the nations for the purposes of God. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 33, it says, by faith, they subdued nations. They brought nations under the dominion and the control and the authority of God. How were they able to do that? 
They didn't do it because they had political powers. They didn't do it because they had a lot of money. They didn't do it because they had a lot of connection. They did it because they had faith. You know, if you look at our lives today as Christians, we always feel, well, I don't have these. 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 But do you have faith? If you have faith, you can do much more than people who even have natural resources. We haven't learned to we haven't learned the true value of our faith in God. We haven't learned it. We haven't explored the awesome possibilities of faith. One of my heroes. One of my heroes is George Muller of Bristol, England. He he had an orphanage taking care of uh, of 10,000 orphans. By faith and prayer. No fundraising, no appeal. In fact, one of the stories I love the most, there was a day they were to have bread and there was no food. And he told the people, he said, cover the plate. We're going to have food. We're going to have bread. And he prayed. And they were thanking God for the food. (laughs) And they were thanking God for the food. You know what happened? A day before then, all the bakers in the town had baked for the sales of the next day. Then that morning, they went on strike. And then the head of the Baker's Association now said, well, since we're on strike and we don't want to sell bread to anybody, there are children in Mula's orphanage home. Let's all go give them bread. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. God, are you following that now? When we read these things, let's not say, well, God did it before. No. If a man asked me to go to say God will bypass a million people to get to the man of faith. I like what Archbishop Benson Idahusa used to say. He says, if your faith says yes, he says God will not say no. <laughs> How many of you read in the scriptures this phrase, according to your faith? You know that's one of Jesus' favorite statements? According to your faith. That means the measure of the result is proportionate to the according to your faith. It actually means that God is not the one who determines your result, is your faith. Okay. <laughs> Let me take a detour, I'll come back. Do you realize the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus never had the intention of healing her? Jesus was just going on his own. Basic principles of faith. She heard about Jesus. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. She said in her heart, what you hear you confess. Confession is made unto salvation. Soteria, deliverance, prosperity and healing. She heard, confessed. She said in her heart, she said in her heart, she said in her heart, if I can touch, if I can touch. And she went to Jesus, she touched the God of healing. And Jesus said, who touched me? Meaning that Jesus, he, she was not in Jesus' program. What does that tell us about life? The power of God is constant. You take as much as you can receive. It's not God saying you'll be healed next year. If you're ready to be healed this morning, you can get your healing. It's not God saying you're going to prosper next year. If you're ready to prosper right now, you can take a hold of it. The finished work of Christ is constant. Your faith is the variable. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So how do we take the land? How do we subdue the land? Numbers 32, 22. Are you learning something this morning? Make sure you get a hold of this message and listen to it over and over again. Over and over again until faith comes in your heart. I tell everybody around me, listening to message is a spiritual activity. 
If you are close to me, you know that's something I do a lot. I listen to messages a lot. I listen to messages a lot. When I'm in the traffic, I'm listening to messages. I'm at home, I'm listening to messages. I'm in the bathroom, there's a speaker speaking. You know why? <laughs> I just want to get my faith tank full. Because, you know, it can be just one impression from God in your heart while you're driving. And that's what opens you up to the new dimension of things that God has called you to do. Numbers chapter 32 and verse 22. Look at this. Verse 21. And all your armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven out his enemies from before him. And the land is subdued before the Lord. Then afterward you may return and be blameless before the Lord. Now what I want you to pick here is the fact that God wanted them to go into the land and God was going to help them to subdue the land. In Joshua chapter 18 and verse 1, the Bible says, and the land was subdued before them. Now, I want, to, I want you to pay very close attention. You cannot dominate what you have not subdued. And that's very important. Joshua 18, 1. Now the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of meeting there. And the land was subdued before them. You cannot have the freedom of worship until certain things are subdued. You cannot have dominion until certain things are subdued. I want to challenge you this morning. Listen, as we get into the next year, make sure that certain things are subdued in your life and ministry. Don't allow people roam on your property. Don't allow the enemy take advantage of what God has already provided for you. If there's sickness in your body, realize that this body has been paid for a full price. It has been paid for. And sickness does not glorify God in your body. In fact, I was coming this morning and it came strong in my heart. Next year, I'm going to be big and aggressive about healing. In fact, one of the messages I'm going to preach next year is be aggressive against sickness. Because I realize that we are almost thinking it's normal. It's just okay now. I'll just take a little tablet. In fact, most of us are more knowledgeable in medicine than people who studied medicine. Because we've been so sick to the point where we know all the drugs. But that's not God's perfect will for you. God's perfect will for you is for you to be in health. God's perfect... I can't get an amen in this house. I said God's perfect will for you is to be in health. And as I'm preaching right now, if you're sick in your body, the power of God will be present to heal. And before I'm, over, I'm done and over with, you will be 100% whole. I don't care what the doctor's report is. God's report is that you'll be perfectly made whole in the name of Jesus. We need to start making it look like it's normal. It's not normal. That's not God's will for us. I don't care if a preacher died by sickness. He's not Jesus. You know, I was telling, it will never happen. But I was telling, I, 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 told, I told people around me that even if, well, it will never happen. But even if I die by sickness, they should make sure they write, this is a man who died believing that God heals 100%. I'm telling you the truth. My experience doesn't change the word of God. I don't reduce the word of God to my experience. I take my experience up to the level of the word. If I'm experiencing something that's not consistent with the word, and I don't care what explanation you have, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I believe God's word. God's word is the final authority in my life, regardless of my experience. He says, let the weak say I'm strong. Strength is the perfect will. Weakness is their experience. Take your experience. He says, let the weak declare their perfect place where God wants them to be. Can you say loud amen? 
First Chronicles chapter 28. We'll do like three more scriptures. First Chronicles 28, 22, and verse 18. Is somebody learning something this morning? You know what I'm hoping that is good? Well, not what I'm hoping. What I'm believing is going to happen is that as I'm teaching right now, faith, your faith level will be rising. Hallelujah. And before this service is over, you'll be able to take a hold of certain things by faith. Amen. I, I tell you, your faith level doesn't rise, the enemy will subdue you. Are you there? First Chronicles chapter 22 and verse 18. Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hand. And the land is subdued before the people, before the Lord and before his people. Now, I want you to note that collaboration. That's very important. It says the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. It means that we both share the victory that God has. That whatever is subdued before the Lord ought to be subdued before his people. Because his people represent him. <laughs> glory to God. I said glory to God. How are we going to subdue the land? How are we going to subdue the land? We're going to subdue it by confession. So let's go to Psalm 81. Psalm 81. And verse 10 to 14. You know, most times right now, even as believers, and I, and I, and I, I, I want to I want to be very emphatic about this. We don't believe that our words will come to pass. <laughs> it's basic. Remember what I said. All the subdue is big revelation. This is the basic right now. Your words, your confession. You can't talk failure and have victory. Can't. But how many times every day we talk failure all the time? You know, sometimes it's like I was about to give you an example right now. I mean, I was struggling in my head. Should I give the example? Should I give the example? Because you know what? I've trained myself over the years not to say things I don't want to come to pass. So literally, sometimes I'm having a conversation and I pause because the word that is coming out of my mouth, like, do I really want this to come to pass? Do I believe this? You know why we haven't had victory much in the declaration of our words? It's because we haven't put faith in our words. Just as Jesus said, we should have faith in our words. My, 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 my goal this morning by the Holy Ghost is to stir you back to the basics of faith. Look at this. Verse 10. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. Fill it with words. Fill it with his words. You need to open your mouth and give voice to the word of God. We are giving voice to the words of men. We are giving voice to the words of the economy. We are giving words to the voice of our nation. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. I'll give you something to say. Do you know what? 
How do your children learn to speak? They open their mouths and they imitate you. They first open their mouth and they say, ba, ba, ba. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> and then before you know, they start putting words together. How did they learn those words? By listening to you speak. How many of you know your children can speak your language without reading it? Most of you can speak your Swahili or whatever language you speak here, but you don't know how to read it. So how did you learn to speak it? Because you heard. That means who you are listening to will determine your conversation. If I keep listening to a man who talks failure, what's going to happen? It's going to alter my language. That's why I'm very careful even listening to the news. Because if you listen to the news long enough, after a while, you start talking what they say on the news. When you open your mouth, the news will fill it. Glory to God. Is this too simple for you? Because you guys look like professors now. Just wondering if this is too simple. Glory to God. He says, open your mouth and I'll fill it. He says, look at verse, verse 11. Look at this. He says, but my people would not heed my voice. They would not listen. And Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn hearts. To walk in their own counsel. What is their own counsel? I will say what I feel. I will say what is in my mind. He says they would not listen to me. You cannot have a life better than your confession. And listen, we're not just saying gather scriptures and say, well, I'm rich, I'm not poor. I'm rich, I'm not poor. No, 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 no. The Bible says out of the abundance of a man's heart, the mouth will speak. It's a work of laboring in the word until the word fills your heart. Now look at the next verse. Oh, this is what is painful. He says, oh, that my people would listen to me. That Israel will walk in my ways. I will soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against the adversary. Are you seeing it? God says, if they would just keep this confession right, then he gives me the permission to subdue the land before them. He says, but they would not. Truth be told, there are many people in Uganda right now who don't see any hope of getting blessed in this country. There's, there's no hope. They don't see it. So they can't say it. And God will say, if you would just, if you would just obey my counsel, that I will subdue this nation before you. One of the revelations that God began to give to me, uh, we're currently on an island. And the first time I got there, I felt it was restrictive. I felt, oh God, I couldn't travel as much as you had spoken to me. But then I was studying one day, and I came across the scripture in Genesis. And, and God told Abraham, he says, from where you are, look up. From where you are. From where you are. That became a revelation in my heart. That from wherever location I am, I can look up from there. I don't need to shift places to see further. You can look up from Buwate. You can look up from Uganda. You can look up from Kenya. From where you are. He said, lift up the eyes. Glory to God. 
And I told myself, wherever I am, I'll look up from there. See, if God, if God cannot bless you until you go to a certain place except by divine, except by divine direction, that means your God is too small. You need to change God's. You know something about, you know, when we talk about the story of Jacob and, um, Jacob and, and, Jacob and, uh, and uh, Joseph, it was when you were reading that he came to my mind. You realize that even though there was famine, Jacob was still sending his children to go buy food. Not to beg. And yet there was famine. It means the blessing was at work in his life. Glory to God. If we open our mouth, God is going to fill it. Now, let's go to Numbers chapter 13. We're going to see how we can. Numbers chapter 13. I'm showing you a practical example. Verse 26. Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. You all know the story. But let's read this here. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 26. The now they departed and came to Moses and Aaron and the congregation of Israel, of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them, word, and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly, look at this, it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, doubt is setting in now. You know, it's God's word that I live in perfected, but you know it's raining season. You know, it's God's will that I prosper, but you know we're in Uganda. God has called me to start a ministry, but you know I need to work so I can support the ministry. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. Keep quiet. And said, remember, oh glory to God. Listen to this carefully. Right now, it is becoming the battle of words. This was going to be the defining moment. This was the reason God anointed Joshua. This was it. This was the promise that God gave to Abraham. They were at the brink of Canaan. This is it. This is what the prophets have prophesied about. This is what Abraham was looking for. They were there. But then it's going to be the battle between faith and unbelief. But yet it was a battle of words. Look at this. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. He says, Let's go up at once. Hey, hey, hey. But the man who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. These people forgot that they were the children of Israel. They forgot that God was for them. They, they forgot that the angels of the Lord's presence was going with them. They said, we're not able. Oh. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out. Saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land 
that it divorces its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw are men of great stature. They were the descendants of Anak. And Zenab and I came from a giant. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their own sight. Do you realize they described themselves first and said, we are grasshoppers in our sight. And so we were in their own sight. The question is, did you see their sight? You didn't see how they were looking at you. But how many of you realize that between Caleb and the children of Israel, Caleb said very few words. Right. <laughs> right. Caleb said very few words. He says, we are well able to go and possess the land. And the children of Israel were describing the problem all the time. You, you realize Caleb never mentioned anything about the descendants? Caleb never talked anything about the land? He just said, listen, if God has given us a word concerning this land, I don't care who I see in the land, let's go take it. And meanwhile, the other guys are busy describing the giants. Busy describing how they eat the inhabitants. Some of us are like that. We are very descriptive of our problem. You know, I'm in Uganda. The currency is falling. The taxes are there. We've got this president. Things are not happening. We are black. That's not what God wants you to say. God wants you to say, regardless of all this, I'm well able to do what God has called me to do. Yeah. I mean, one of my heart next year, is to, is to begin to teach these things to the body of Christ. We are so deep right now, we can't believe God for a dime. Churches are broke. They can't buy buildings. Churches are broke. They can't, they can't raw welfare packages. They can't take care of the poor. I mean, that's not God's will. That's not what I see in the scripture. I was telling someone the other day, we, we're having like a feeding pro program in our church, and we're trusting God uh, by next week, Saturday, we're feeding like 400 people in the community and giving clothes and all that. And I... I I was thinking about that and I was telling someone, do you realize Jesus gave people food even though he realized that it was because of the food they were coming? He said, you came to me because of the food. But he gave them. Are you following what I'm saying? I mean, I, I have a dream of having a food kitchen in our, in our church. That's, that's my dream. Where people who are homeless and know they cannot get a meal can know that if they show up in the evening, they have something to eat. That's just where my faith is. That's where my faith is. Just know if you go to this church on Thursday evening, you'll get food. You don't have to be a member of the church. Just show up and eat. I know you're coming for the food. Just come for it. Because we're the extension of the mercy of God. We're the extension of the love of God. And, and the name of that our program is called Hands of Love. And I like it. The practical love of Jesus. But these things have to be by faith. Glory to God. Now, look at this now. In Numbers chapter 14 verse 28. Let me begin to wrap up now. Numbers 14 28. Look at what God said. Oh God. Look at 24. But my servant Caleb. Because he has a different spirit in him. What spirit is that? Is the spirit of faith. And has followed me fully. I'll bring him into the land where he went. And his descendants shall inherit it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley tomorrow. Turn and move out into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? 
I have heard complaints with the children of Israel make against me, saith the Lord. As long as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you were numbered according to your entire to your entire number from 20 years old and above, except for Caleb. The spirit of faith makes an exception. You know, God says, all of you who are this age, you're all going to die, except that man. He says, as you have spoken to my ears. What are you speaking to God's ears? Will God make an exception for you because of the spirit of faith? Glory to God. I mean, I said glory to God. Find out the will of God for your life. Find out scriptures concerning the will of God. And keep confessing those scriptures. Find a scripture concerning God's will for your life. I don't expect to die young. No, I don't. For I say, Charles, I died a hundred. With long life, will I satisfy you and show you my salvation? Keep saying it. I said, keep saying it. I don't expect our church to be small. The Lord is making room for us in the city. I don't expect us to be broke and not be able to meet the bills. The Lord is supplying all our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I don't care what the bank account says. The bank account can be as, as, as broke as the giant of Anak, but God is giving me the land. Do you realize you don't have to have anything else except a different spirit? Nothing else but a different spirit. You're just different. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You might have been raised by a single parent, but you say in the name of Jesus, I'm going to have a good marriage. I have a different spirit. Are you following what I'm saying? You might have been raised up in the church that could hardly do anything for the community, but you say in the name of Jesus, we have a different spirit. We're going to be of a blessing to this community. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you this morning? We got to have the spirit of faith. I said we got to have the spirit of faith. And you remember when they got into the land, Caleb met Joshua and said, give me this mountain. For this was the same mountain that God promised me 40 years ago. He said, it's time for me to get into that mountain. You realize that Caleb got the mountain at about age 80. He didn't let that promise go. He got that mountain. I said he got that mountain, glory to God. He got the mountain, glory to God. You can lay hold on the promises of God for your life. It doesn't matter how old you are, you can lay hold of the promise. And that's what I want, want all of us to do in the year coming. Let's get a hold of the promises of God and say, I'm going to live in this promise. I'm going to live in this promise. God is going to prosper me. God is going to increase me. God is going to open the doors for the nations for me. Glory to God. It's called the spirit of faith. I said it's called the spirit of faith. Mark eleven twenty three. you shall have whatsoever you say. The God can of faith. Let's be on our feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Your mouth, open your mouth right now and let God fill it. Open your mouth right now and let God fill it. If there's something you need changed in your life, why don't you just open your mouth and, and, and take authority over it? In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. 
We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.